Hi there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Jay Foley, a radio and television personality based in Ghana. He has been in the entertainment industry for 20 years and has remained extremely relevant over the years. I am grateful to speak to Jay Foley on the topic, Living on Purpose, Being Consistent. Welcome, Jay Foley. How are you today? Introduce yourself and tell us a fun fact about yourself. Good evening. Good evening, uh, everyone here. Yes. Um, so, yes, as rightly said, my name is Jay Foley. But let me even tell you a quick fun fact about myself. My real name is John Foley. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes. Foley remains the same, but the J is John. Um, I earned that name about 20 years ago, yeah, about 20, 20, 22 years ago, um, when um, Hammer of the last two, now Hammer is a renowned uh, legendary producer, um, beat maker, executive producer as well, uh, who I had a, had, a, had a privilege of meeting, and uh, he asked me what my name was. When I said John Foley, he asked me what my nickname was, and I said my nickname at that time when I was in school um, was Johnny B., and then he said that, well, what kind of name is Johnny B? You know what? Let's get you another name. We'll call you Jay Foley. And um, Jay Foley got stuck with me all through till dates. I don't, I don't even recall the, the last person who called me John. I think that John has faded away into my passport and my Ghana card maybe. <laughs> and it's Jay Foley as it is. So, yes, yeah, so that's one fun fact about me. It's John. <laughs> I actually thought it was Jeremy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, that was John. Yes, it's John. So John standing for J and uh, gradually it became J-A-Y and it got stuck. Mm, okay. So what issues are you passionate about as a person? What, what kind of issues do you like to talk about? Um, it would interest you that I am more focused on on uh, gender inequality and abuse on women, which is very far away from the things that I project, uh, you know, as a media person. Um, it's, it really interests you that that is where I find the most interest to talk about it a lot more and um, try and use the tools that are around me to impact um, this conversation, even without people necessarily knowing that I am behind such stuff. I think that no one would ever guess um, such a thing unless maybe mm -hmm. they they watch your series, they listen to mm -hmm. Leaked or any other project mm -hmm. that they are aware that you are the brain behind it. But generally, people would think that you are interested in um, celebrity news. Um. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It is it is right for people to think that because that is the part of me that I project the most. But to answer the question on what uh, you know is of great importance to me and purpose is uh, maybe because I come from a home where we are just boys and uh, I do not have a sister. I have always yearned to um, find a place for um, an equal place for women as well in all in all the areas that I find myself being at work um, and the things I read about or I engage in. So. Um, on the top of the food chain or the top of the things I value most in terms of conversations and things that I've, I try to focus my attention on is, 
it's, it's gender inequality, especially on women and, and abuse. So I read wide in that space. Uh, I try to get myself immersed in conversations around that. And that part of me, I, I, I know I don't share on social media or you don't see me running any advocacy on such uh, project, but indirectly, um, like you rightly mentioned, lead, which is an audio series that speaks to that subject on abuse on women and um, the unfairness and fair treatment that sometimes men, uh, you know, put out to women. Uh, I find it's a very sensitive yet very interesting topic because ever since I got myself involved in that area, I realized the number of women that have got stories to share with regards to abuse, rape, you know, inequality. And always you have more female stories than male stories. So it's just like we've somehow turned a blind eye to it, but um, we don't have many people trying to have this narrative. We don't have many men trying to have this narrative on behalf of women, you know, because um, we probably think that they are, they are well, they are okay. But unfortunately, the kind of stories that I've gathered from, that, from this project on leaked which has really introduced me into this space as um, has taken my attention, you know, and I've spent the past, say about th three years of my life, um, talking to people, trying to be counselor at the same time, you know, and talking to a lot of young girls who one way or the other have gone through all kinds of uh, maltreatment, especially meted out to them by men. Okay. So in this space, in this area of gender inequality, you know, if there was something that you were looking out for in an ideal world, what would you want for women? I want women to be um, treated. First off, I want men to stop using, um, using the excuses that the basic excuse that we always hear that women are complicated to first to tag women with that. I want that narrative taken off women because We've spoken about it several times that it's, it has turned from perception to reality. And it's never the case because, um, like in a very, uh, with a little bit of a humor, um, I look at a madman and I tell him he's mad because his actions do not conform to what society says it is right. So I see him as mad. So in the same vein, um, um, we men have over the years created a certain perception about women and forgetting that they women also look at us with that same um you know with the same eye that you have decided to create a world that fits more for men forgetting that it is a man and a woman that exists you know coexist in this space so um you give better job opportunities to men uh you forget that women create men and um, yet a woman is, 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 is going through a stage of pregnancy and they don't even get, some don't even get the same, um, uh, what's, the, what's the word? They don't get the same, um, sorry, the word has slipped me by, but if I'm to describe it, treatment in terms of, let's say, even some getting the number of time, months they get off leave and um, what they're entitled to, to their basic salaries. I mean, if you listen to some of the stories, some women have to work all the way to their ninth month before they are even granted a chance to go off work. When they go off work and they deliver, they come back in three months' time, you know, and 
you ask yourself, isn't it the same woman who's taking care of a man who will go up in, again and come and take all these positions? Some have argued that, oh, yes, we don't have women working in certain construction areas or certain spaces that are male-driven. Uh, yes, but that is not the make, that is, that is the perception that we have created over the years that have limited women to some of the opportunities that they can possibly even excel better than men because we have made them a male-dominated space. You know, and it is through our own human descriptions we put these things that have sometimes limited women to do, wanting to even do more than they can do. And I see women as special because for, if you go back to the Bible, for uh, we, we, I, I'm not too, relig- too religious for me to be able to make quotes, but I can say that from the little I know, <laughs> God made woman you know, put man to sleep and made woman. It was really described how woman was made. But, I mean, for us men, you don't get that description in the Bible. You understand? So there should be a reason why even it's been described to that point for us to understand how woman was made, when woman was made and why woman was made because God saw that man was lonely. So we need to understand that even coming from that side, there is a certain importance that this world needs to put to women. Uh, in the words of uh, Kweji Agri, if I can quote, if I do remember, it says, if you educate a man, you educate an individual, educate a woman, you educate a nation. And these are things that I think that the world somehow, some way has let go and um, created a certain male-dominated you know, uh, world and turned down the opportunities that uh, we could give women and the, and the an endless um, you know, um, growth you know, that if we give them, it could come back to give us men the positivity that we need. So that's some of the things that I have. Uh, it may sound crazy, but for me, it's been something that has, has been on my mind ever since I jumped on my project. All right. So I would never have guessed that the first 10 minutes or so of this conversation would be about um, gender. <laughs> Yes, I know. I love it. This is why this podcast is made actually to talk about women's issues and to encourage mm-hmm. women to aspire to grow and all that. But I could I could never have imagined Imagine. that it yes. would go this way with you. But I want to um talk about you um within the media space okay. and doing yeah. it at such an early age. Uh, mm-hmm. at what age did you know that this is something that you wanted to do? How did you know that you really mm-hmm. wanted to do it? And how old were you at that time? 14, GSS2. Um, I was on my way home um, from, from church with my brother and my mother. And I mean, we, the, the family I come from has been a music family. My mom is a choirster. My brother plays a keyboard at church. My other brother currently is a banker, but he's a DJ on the side as well. Um, and here I am in the media space, you know. So it started off with music. My interest was very heavy music. I wanted to do music. Um, I wanted to play beats, make instrumentals. So even at church, I was a, uh, I was a keyboardist. Uh, I played the trumpet. I played the flute. I started playing the flute from class three. Um, and it had been music all through. But in, GS, in JSS, okay, let me say JSS. In JSS, I think the interest grew wilder in me. So I remember that when I went to SS, um, you know, two years later, I turned 16, I was in SS1. You know, we all formed the usual rap groups. Uh, and, but my interest in it was a bit more than, than regular. I wanted to be a musician. I was a visual arts student as well. 
and then after university, uh, sorry, after SSS, senior secondary school, that one year that we were home waiting to go to university, I decided to get in touch with, um, you know, super producer Ham of the last two. I called him. I went to him. Now, the, the, the life-changing moment for me at that point in time was the fact that everybody who went to Hammer went there to rap or sing. But when I had the chance to meet him and have a conversation and he asked me, yes, what do you want? I said, I wanted to learn how to make beats because I was so inspired by Obrafo's first album in 1999, which was Paimuka album. I loved the instrumentation of that, of that album. So I was more drawn to the music in there than just listening to Obrafo's rap lines and, you know, wanting to be a rapper. And I think it was at that moment that is when I realized that, you know what, I think there's something about me and music and media. So I started and uh, fast forward the story. I finished KNUST. Uh, I, I came back to Accra. That was in 2006. And I had my own recording studio. I didn't want to work with anyone. I had my own recording studio. However, I had started doing voiceovers a year before when I was in my final year um, in KNUST. One day I'm in my studio working. I had, in fact, I had gone around the whole of Accra looking to do radio adverts for people because I love voiceovers and I love music. But obviously I can't go and say I want to rap <laughs> in somebody's company. So I used to just walk around so many, so many companies in Accra, so many, door to door, literally going door to door, bank to bank, agency to agency, store to store, saying that I wanted to do radio commercials for them in case they wanted to advertise. Some gave me the listening ear, others turned me down. In fact, most of them turned me down. One day I'm in my studio uh, and then um, I, George Quay, of, uh, formerly of Charterhouse, uh, gave me a call. And he came to my studio with, uh, I think, Eddie Blay. Eddie Blay was a member of the NFL Native Fan Clubs, who's also currently the general manager also for YFM. He came in with Eddie Blay, DJ Black, and uh, quite a number of people. They came to do some radio commercials. They loved it. They loved my handiwork. Uh, and one thing led to another and another. It began my journey into the media. So now I was the one of the guys at the back end. And by man, I've skipped a lot of things in the story, though. But I was one of the guys in the back end, you know, doing radio adverts for a lot of um, Chatterhouse uh, events like Miss Malaika. And the nostalgic feeling that I had, Miss Malaika, 20 years ago, I produced a radio commercial, uh, you know, for Miss Malaika. And uh, yesterday, they celebrated 20 years. And I was there. That's, it was just nostalgic for me. So one thing to the other... One day, um, my very good friend was a guy called Wolfhard Enim, a.k.a. Wolf. He used to host Foresight TV at that time. I used to hang out, hang out with him a lot. And then Wolf um, stopped Foresight TV. And then I was in my studio when the, the CEO called me and says, Hey, look, we are short of a presenter. You are always hanging out with Wolf. I'm very sure you have a fair idea of how we do things here. So come and give it a try. Come and do TV. <laughs> I said, What? Me come and do TV, please. Nah, like I can't, I can't even open my mouth to say a word on television. I'm that shy. He said, No, come, come and give it a try. So I do recall it was, a, I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I drove to the Foresight TV office and uh, I tried. And, and that was in 2007, it's 2007, sometime November. And then nine years from that day, <laughs> I, 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 I served on Foresight TV, and that was how I. My, my steps, you know, built up into the media space. Um, 
sometime in 2009, that was two years later after I started doing Foresight TV, I got onto YFM. I became general manager in 2010 for YFM for two years. Uh, I was pushed to Live FM. I became general manager at Live FM as well. It built my radio background. Um, TV, I did some TV with GH1. I moved from GH1 to, um, to Joy Prime. And then from Joy Prime, I'm currently now with 3Music. But uh, so that was how, you know, in summary, my media life has been in the places I've worked, I've worked at as well. Wow. It's such a journey. Like, I don't even know how. It's it. a 20-year journey. Like, how do you even keep up? And at such a young age, you've had yes, a 20-year yes, yes. journey. Yeah. And so what excites you about what you do? What, what makes you wake up in the morning? Sorry, um, the, the line went off briefly. If you can just repeat the question. So I'm asking, what excites you about what you do? What makes you wake up in mm. the morning? Mm, mm. <laughs> Interesting. I think it's always for the fans. It's always for the viewers. Just knowing that you are up to entertain people every day, find a creative way to entertain people. It's what wakes me up, you know, aside from the fact that, yes, I have kids and I have to fend for my kids. Um, I think it's just knowing that you have to wake up and, and go be creative. What are you going to do today that is going to be different from yesterday? It's that challenge that, you know, puts, gets my eyes open at 4 a.m. every morning or 3.45 a.m. every morning and I'm ready by 5 a.m. and I'm, I'm off to work. You know, it's, it's, it's that. So I get there. They're counting now from... Five, four, three, two, one, lights, camera, action, and speak. And tomorrow, the same thing. And the day after, the same thing. So it is how different can you be? Because it is every day being different is what is going to keep people always wanting to come and watch you, get to know you, be inspired by you. And for me, that is the, that is the beauty of what you know, inspires us or motivates me every day. How to be different every single day. Yes, I just caught that as something very important. It's how you are able to be different every day that keeps it um, creative, that keeps it exciting, and that keeps people wanting to listen to you every day. It's a good point to make here. So what has been some of your challenging moments? I can imagine wow. these 20 years haven't been mm -hmm. like so smooth or just like a you've yeah. just had a breeze. Yeah. No. So what has been some of the challenges? Well, day in, day out, we hear some people talk about depression. Sometimes we laugh about it or we don't take it serious because it's not us who's going through it. It's the person. Um, one of the biggest challenges is, is, um, is being depressed. Trying not, sorry, trying not to be depressed. Because every day in our space, it's a game of relevance. And every day you see another person doing something better than you or you see 20 people doing something better than you or you see 100 people doing something better than you so sometimes you get drowned and you're asking yourself that what do I do next you start getting nervous um, it's you start making wrong decisions because sometimes you want to crave attention so you just want to do something for people to just come to your page or come to your station it can be a challenge of how to know what to do next Practical examples uh, of other instances would be um, the politics of the industry um, is another 
side that you know can make you make very can actually make you make very bad very very bad decisions so i do recall that um when i had to leave yfm to go to live fm for example it was one of my very very difficult decisions i had to make because at yfm i had grown a family there the mds the owners of the companies where they had become family friends it was not beyond just business relationship to people who cared about you and your welfare and people who were interested in growing with you so you can imagine when an offer came for me to leave um yfm i remember my boss at that time called me into a meeting uh, at a restaurant we sat down i think it was at, at Afri, afrikiko near tv3 we sat down he spoke to me at length for over two hours pleading that jay we are building something together that the prospects are high you can't leave please uh, I, I had agreed not to leave i just i, I drove home but i think i needed growth I needed growth. I needed a new challenge. I needed a new space and a new environment. I was craving it. So I had to type a letter uh, you know, to him and turn down the offer. It was really difficult. I'll lie about it. It was a very challenging moment for me. Um, and yeah, and there have been many instances you know, that I've had to leave from some platform that I've worked because of the relationship you have with them. Um, and, and yeah, so I can see that was... It wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. And then secondly, in the media space, financially, the media space, unless you find yourself in the business of media, uh, the administrative part of the media business, you don't make money. So you, you can just be a very popular person, but you're very broke. And when you have to live up to the image you have put out there, starts kicking in, it becomes a problem. People see you and they, are, they have their own assumptions. Um, I remember one time I was so broke, <laughs> I went to buy fuel, a long time ago, I went to buy fuel and I, I think I was just buying 50 CDs and the guy was just watching my face like, Jay Foley buying 50 CDs and you know, you have to keep up with a certain image, you know, because people think that you are well to do, you are popular, but popularity doesn't have anything to do with your finances. So sometimes, you know, it, is, uh, it becomes a challenge. You know how people they see you they want to check what you're wearing is it an original thing you post a picture they are zooming into your shoes they want to check if it's original so you are you that financial um, burden comes on you to tr always want to try and keep up you know so you it, it becomes I know it might not affect everybody uh, you know other media personalities but it is something that is there it's right in your face so about how you carry yourself also becomes another thing and these are some of the challenges that I, I had to overcome when I was growing, you know, young, budding entertainment personality. But I think with time, uh, we reached a certain point where we created brands for ourselves that look beyond such uh, details and we became better at it. Wow. So why have you remained consistent? Why have you remained? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start off with a very, very, very simple one before I get into anything complicated about rebranding yourself. Now, when I was 20, there about, between 20 and 25, I used to keep my mustache and my beard thick. It made me look very old. It made me look older than my age. So when you saw me and I tell you I'm 20, you think I'm 25. When I was 25, when you saw me, you think I'm 30. But as I grew younger, as I grew older, <laughs> I started cutting down the mustache and the beard. 
So it made me look younger, <laughs> if I can say that. So that was one of the, that was in terms of imaging, I think when you put two of my photos together and look at my old photos and look at me now, you realize that I probably even look older then than now, you know, so that was, that was one. So people always say that, Jay, don't you age? Don't you grow? Jay, you're always looking younger. Like, what's, what's the, how are you doing that? So that was one. So it made me always constantly be refreshed in the, in the youthful market. Constantly in the eyes of the youth, they could relate with me because I looked like them. But I'm turning 40 next year. <laughs> but I can still hang out with a 20-year-old and you probably think that I'm just 27 or I'm just 32 or something. But I'm almost turning 40. So that was one. Um, secondly, the, the consistency game also starts with, um, I categorize the media space into two areas. The, the business, the people, we call them now gatekeepers, the enablers, the people at the back end who take decisions, who make the movers and the shakers of the industry. You must be positioned very well in that space to be very influential in that space so that at any point in time, out of the top 10 things that would move the entertainment industry at the, from the back end, you are involved. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you have to be there. So maybe there, yeah, there's, go, there's going to be global citizen events or let's say, let's say there's going to be VGMAs. The question is, VGMAs is a very big, huge musical event in this country. How am I involved in the VGMAs? Directly or indirectly, AJ Foley is producing all the radio acts for the VGMAs. And all those other big concerts that you probably hear, Beam Concert, Rapaholic, Jay is in there. So one way or the other, you have the industry folks always engaging you. You should be known for one thing, something. So for me in this industry, they know, and I'm talking about the, 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 the gatekeepers, the enablers, the back-end people that you don't see every day. They know that AJ Foley is a go-to guy for radio adverts. So every day, every time, every minute, you are relevant in your space until the day they stop doing radio commercials. So that's one. Now for the, those at the forefront, the viewers, the fans, you have to, it's, it's, it's about constantly reminding them, and it's a consistent effort. It is to constantly remind them that you are here with them. They need to see growth with you. They need to see you are moving, you are, you are, you are, you are, have, you are clocking uh, certain achievements. Because if they don't see that, they would grow and, and surpass you or pass you and move on to the next person that they draw a certain inspiration from. So for Jay Foley, I keep saying that one of the things that I know how to do very well is I know when to leave, when to leave where I am at. I don't know, it's probably a gift or something that God has given me. <laughs> I know when to leave. So the fans would easily say, wow, Jay, 20 years, you work with YFM, you did Live FM, you did Sky Marshalls, you did, you went to the BET, wow, you went to the European Music Awards, wow, Jay, you went to this, you went to that, you used to work here, you were at Joy Prime, you did this. So, so I, have, I have grown with them. They've seen me transition from various kinds of shows, various kinds of platforms. So they, they, I'm always fresh with them. For example, for now, one of the biggest and most talked about entertainment platforms is 3Music. Who's at the helm of affairs at 3Music in terms of honor personalities? We are three, myself, Miss G, and a guy called Cyril. We are there. Jay is there. So the, most, the newest thing 
I am in it with you. If you tune into your TV on three music, I'm, I'm, I'm on your screens. You find me. I don't know what's going to come up next. Maybe something else will come up, but I need to make sure that I've served my, my term well at three music. So in case something pops up tomorrow and I'm going, you need to find a J Foley there. So it becomes a certain strategy that you yourself have to adopt to make sure that you are in the conversations of some of the, the big things. You might not necessarily be in all of it, but in some of it, you should be on, you should be in there so that your fan base would grow with you because your fan base also generates new interests every day. So they were watching, maybe they assumed you say they were watching GH1. They saw you there. They switched to Joy Prime. They've seen you there. They switched to Max TV. You were there. They heard your voice. There was an advert of yours playing in there. They, they turned to UTV. They've seen you in a panel discussion on there. So you are, you are constantly in the playing in their spaces. Hence, the relevance comes in. And that's what I've been at for the past 20 years. Do you know, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm hearing that this thing is actually very strategic. Very I, I thought it's like a straightforward thing that, oh, you know, you mean. But I'm hearing you. And I'm, how do you get such intelligence? Is, is there something? <laughs> is there? Is there? So I want to be very, let me be very practical to um, the people we have here. Let me be very, very practical. Let me share this with you. So, um... I went to EIB, I was on Live FM, I resigned from Live FM as a general manager, I was a presenter. The company was going through its own struggles, um, so some of, the, some of the staff had to be laid off through no fault of, the, of, you know, it was getting difficult, salaries were not coming, I'm sure that information is public knowledge now. I had to exit because it wasn't working anymore, so I left. Um, in fact, so I even say I was forced to leave. More like that, I was forced to leave. The environment wasn't conducive anymore. So I was forced to leave. So I left. I exited. Now, when I was there, I needed another job. So I think I had a discussion with uh, the Deputy Minister of Tourism now, currently, Honorable um, Makokwe Kumante, um, who's a godfather. I had a conversation with him and he says, Jay, you know what? I'll get you on Hits FM. Because back then, he was the general manager of Hits FM. So he got me on Hits FM. I was working for Hits FM. Um, as a non-contract staff, I was just going on there, you know, once in a while to help. And I was, I was not on salary. But that's not, the, that's not even the, 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 the problem or the issue. It's not about what I was earning. It's about me making sure that my fan base followed me. Why didn't I go to any other station and I chose Hits FM? Because for entertainment conversations on radio, one of the biggest platforms was Hits FM or is Hits FM. You know, has a lot of audience. So I introduced myself there. I got a slot. And through that slot, of course, because Jay is also, let me just self-brag, but Jay is um, uh, good at what he does. It opened more doors for me. Which door they did open? Joy Prime decided to do a morning show. And they looked to me and they gave me the opportunity to do that morning show. So you, you realize how you have to move, work hard, and make sure that whilst you are there, you, you, you look out for opportunities for yourself. If you're not strategic with it, you would, you would, the wind would just blow you anywhere and you might end up on a very irrelevant station that wouldn't give you the audience and the buzz you are looking for. You know? So you have to be very strategic. You can't just, you have to plan how you want this to work. Example, you see a Bella Mundi and a Giovanni on TV3. Why aren't they on any other station but they went to TV3? Because they moved from EIB to TV3. Because, of course, maybe the challenges the company was facing at that time, they needed to make a move. 
I'm very sure they also looked left and right and found out, you know what, I think here will be better. Let me go make a move in there and have a conversation in there. So you carry experience, you carry brand relevance, and you go and add value to what they have there. They see need in you, and then boom, there you are. And I'm proud of them today. Look at them. I mean, Giovanni is a very well-spoken spoken of television personality. Uh, Bella is a, a huge female influencer in television and radio as well, and television, you know, and on social media and, uh, as well. So you look at all these things, and you, you just can't say it is luck. No, it's hard work and strategy. It's hard work and strategy that works. Yes, so it's hard work and strategy that works. I like that. So what motivates you? All these things we are saying, all the 20 years, everything. What motivates you? Um, hmm. Motivation changed when I had kids. <laughs> I said, you know what? I look into my, the, my, the eyes of my kids, my daughters, and I say, man, you must go and work. Um, but aside from that, I have a, um, I'm a big fan and a reader of Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill um, uh, wrote this book, Think and Grow Rich. And I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that book. And after reading that book, it drove me to purpose. And I think I found, maybe I, I may be wrong, I haven't found my purpose, but I think I found something that I wanted to work towards. It wasn't money. It was working to reach a point where I will be fulfilled on an impact that I have um, I've made. Now, it is that um, path to finding that impact is what wakes me up every day and makes me move. Because I feel like, yes, Jay is creative, but I feel there is something that I'm supposed to do that should impact bigger than I have done. And I'm, and I'm searching for it. I'm looking for that thing. So... Until I've done things, yes, I've gone to the BET and back. I was the very first and only Ghanaian who was sponsored on the ticket of Viacom Network to go for the BET and all those things. Yes, I went and I came back, but it wasn't purpose. Even at that point in time, when I got there and I had a chance to meet all these top American superstars, this is back as 2013, you know, I had a chance to meet all these big names that we, we hear and see them here. Um, I thought that was it. I thought, you know, I was like, yeah, I've arrived this one day. I thought, this thing, that's it. I mean, you named them Ludacris, Mr. Rhymes. Um, I saw all of them. I had interviews with all of them. But I thought that was it. But it wasn't it. Afterwards, I realized when I came out to Ghana for the first couple of months, I was okay. I was relaxed. But I realized that, no, it was a faded glory. It was going away. That, was, that means there's something else I need to do. So I've been on so many projects, and it's in the quest of finding those the thing that's going to be the one and ultimate definer of Jay is what motivates me that, you know what, go and look for it. You haven't found it yet. Go and look for it. So I see that's one big maze that I'm in, that I'm trying to get to the center of it. And I'll see things that will let me think that I have arrived. But between you and I, I don't think I have. I really like what you, you just said. And Napoleon Hill example, all that, it seemed like we both <laughs> i don't know how to say yes like we are on this trajectory it's it's about impact it's about legacy it's about um purpose it's about finding passion it's about contributing now that was that was where i was going i was going on to try to round up and ask for your advice for young people but before that i want to ask you your understanding of purpose and why you think purpose is important. Oh, wow. That's a very good one, eh? 
Um, my understanding of purpose. So, let me tell you this. The person who made us is the only person, the person who created us is the only person who knows why he created us. So, for me to understand purpose, and I'll not give you a dictionary explanation to it. For me to understand purpose, which I am, I am also on the quest of trying to understand, is going back to the person who made me to ask him, why did you make me? And that journey to going to him is not just going in prayer. It's not just going down on your knees and praying. It is, it is that thing they call life. Life is the, is the journey to purpose. I don't know if I'm making sense. So it's, it's, all, it's waking up in the morning, sitting in your car, driving to work, meeting your boss, having annoying bosses, clients, making some money here, going to this party, this person's wedding, your impact on this person's life, a job you did, getting paid. It, it is all these small, small, small things which we call life is what defines, which is what would define, um, uh, define what purpose is, is for you. So when, for some people, they find their purpose early because it, life comes to them early. For some people, it takes a while um, or we're not, we, we, what comes to us isn't, isn't it. So we know in our spirit and our soul that this isn't it. So your, your, you can only, you can only define the purpose when you, if I want, if we if life were a verb, allow me to use it. If you life, I don't know if you understand me. If you live life, you can, you would find your purpose. You would find your purpose through living life. You know, um, you can't put one definition, one English definition to what um, what purpose might be. But I think that you have to experience life. And it's through this experience that purpose will be defined for you. So for me, for example, when you ask me what purpose would mean, I'll tell you that I am still in the quest of finding what purpose is. Because I've still lived and I'm living and I'm doing things, but I haven't yet found that one thing that can make me sit back and say that, wow, I think this is it. For some people, it might be money. For some people, it might be, maybe for Sarkozy, it is his ninth album that he has released. Maybe for uh, Ajete Anand, it might be the next big movie that he's done. But everybody has that thing that he or she is going to live through for him or her to um, say at the, at, the, at the end of that journey that this was my purpose. So, for example, when somebody dies, God forbid, when somebody um, dies at an early age, we sometimes might say that he maybe he had come to do what he was supposed to do. So he's actually, he or she has actually lived his purpose, but we don't even know exactly what it is. It's only God to know. So you, you, if somebody dies at 90 years, we say it's a celebration of life. The person has lived his purpose. Whatever he came to do, whatever he came to do, however it impacted, be small or big, the, purpose, the person has lived his purpose. That is a person's definition of purpose, what he came to do. So we are all living our quest to find purpose. <laughs> if you found yours, hey, amen. <laughs> if you haven't, we are living it. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for that, that advice. Um, anyway, I want to ask you, I think as we round up, who are your role models first? Um, so different stages of life and different role models that, can, that came in. Um, the, um, uh, I think, 
at a point in time in my television space, I wanted to be like around Seacrest. I admired his business uh, acumen, his personality, his style, his dressing. I loved it. Um, uh, and maybe now, who would I even say <laughs> I aspire to be like? Um, and Trevor Noah came in at a point in time as well. Uh, I like his free-spiritedness, his, his thinking, his, his, uh, and the way he analyzes things. And then also Bernard, Bernard Avle um, was also in there of City FM. Uh, became a quite somebody that I, I, I look back, sit back and admire so much, you know. Um, so, yes, I think maybe I can say these three names I've mentioned uh, at the point in time in my life were role, role models. Mm, nice. What advice would you give to young people? That's one thing I've been saying for the past 20 years, and I'm not changing. For whatever you decide to do in life, you should know that it can be done. It only starts as a dream. Lead you challenge or you can forget it. Repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this for 20 years. That whatever you decide to do in life, you should decide to do in life, you should know that it can be done. It only starts as a dream. You lead. It's either you lead, you challenge yourself, or you can forget it. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm trying to get it. It starts as a dream. Yeah, so whatever you decide to do in life, just know that it can be done. It will be done. It will happen. But you have to lead. You have to be a leader in that, in that purpose again. You should know that definitely will come with challenges, so you should be ready to challenge yourself. But if you're not ready for any of these two, then... My brother, my sister, you can just forget it. Okay. All right. So, Jeffoli, thank you very much for such insight. I could never have predicted that this is how the conversation was going to go. I, I could never have. But thank you for spending your time today to share such insights for, for many young people, many young women I know that a lot of people who listen after the fact will have a lot to learn from all this experience you have shared. And congratulations on all that you've been able to Thank achieve. You. I'm sure you are an inspiration to many young people within our communities in our country. Many young people look up to you for what you've been able to do and Thank it you. inspires them and nothing beats inspiration. Now, we are going to play a game called the Numbers Game. Okay. So on this podcast, yes, on this podcast, we play a simple game of random um, questions. We okay. have numbers from 1 to 100. So wow. you choose, yes, no, you choose at random any five. You give okay. me all the five numbers, and then we will speed dates on the questions, and we okay. answer them as fast as you can. So okay. I will take your five numbers if you're ready. Well, let's start from my favorites. 21. 21. 31. 31. Uh, then we can choose another three. Seven. It's always Seven. a lucky number. And um, 39, my current 39. age. 39. And what I aspire to get to, 40. 
Okay, so 40. So I, I just want to ask you that what is the 2131? Because <laughs> I see it a lot. A lot, yes. So um, back in university, I, I had this um, dream of inspiring people between the ages of 21 and 31 because I felt like if you were able to shape your life properly within that space and that time, you would be able to achieve uh, a lot and have a sense of direction when you hit 31. So we established um, uh, these inspirational groups all about in, in, of, in over 47 tertiary institutions in the country. Um, it was huge. You know, I had students all over the country being part of, the, the, of this in, inspiring club. And uh, yeah, we lived well. We did what we were supposed to do. Unfortunately, I grew out of it as well. Um, but and I wasn't able to leave the legacy for people to continue. But we moved on to other things. So 2131 became my inspirational brand that um, I always used to motivate young people as well, you know, within that age bracket. And yeah, we, we, we did our time. What we were supposed to do at that time, we did. But I've lived on with it. Anything I do, I add 2131 to it. That's a reminder of what um, I did a couple of years back. Amazing. Okay, so now let's get right into it. Question 21 is, which would you rather do? Wash dishes mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? Wow. Um, wash dishes. I do that all the time. I live alone. so Okay. <laughs> I do that all the time. All right. Okay, so that's one. If money was no object, what would you do all day? Um, sit behind my PC and write out my stories on leaked because I do that uh, all day. Okay. Nice. What motivates you to work hard um, the, the, the journey to find my purpose. Okay. 39. Where do you see yourself in five years? Wow. I was hoping this question wasn't going to come up in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2000 and 2012, I, I wrote out myself a story of myself standing before a huge audience picking up a humanitarian award um and getting the the loudest applause i don't know what it was for i don't know where it was i don't know when it was but i i wrote it out and that's where i want to see myself in five years mm. okay so your last question question number 40 how many pairs of shoes do you have I'm, walk, I'm walking to my room now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two, not much. I'm a simple person. Four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Oh, wait, two. I shouldn't be saying two. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three. Tw you know what? I think it's a little over forty. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you would just end at maybe fifteen because you said it's not much. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's about 40 shoes. Ha, ah, I see. All right. So thank you very much, Jay Foley, thank for you, joining man. me today on this conversation. It's yes. been such an insightful conversation with you. There's so thank much you. I've learned from you, and I'm, I'm sure there's so much other people will learn from you today that I've learned that we need to make every day different, that you also need to be known for one thing, and there's a need for you to see growth in all that you do. You need to work hard and have strategy. And the last part of what you said was, 
whatever you decide to do in life, just know that it, it can be done. It starts as a dream, as a dream. and then what? Lead, it's either you lead, challenge, or forget it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you. And I appreciate it. I really appreciate enjoy it. your life. Thank you very much for all my audiences and all the people who listen after the fact to this podcast. I encourage everyone to live beautifully, live on purpose, and to live their best life. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>